Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. She leaked the announcement two days ago, made the formal announcement yesterday. She's headed to New Hampshire, uh, done some major market interviews, some national stuff too. It's really early. It's hard to tell how credible and strong a candidate's going to be. I mean, I, I always go back to the... In retrospect, it's it's not necessarily a good thing to use Jeb Bush as the example because he was already he wasn't governor anymore and he's a little out of out of the rhythm, I guess. But you know, remember at one point when there was what like seventeen Republicans, he was like a front runner, and then just Trump just destroyed him. And so you don't. It's hard to know. And all of these candidates are are sort of big presences in their own right, but when they hit that that bigger stage, how big do they look? Do they do they take up the space? Where will Nikki Haley fall in all of this? And, you know, some might even posit that it's more of a move to bolster profile to be a VP candidate. Who knows? Ozzy Palomo, I don't know if he knows, but he knows more than I do. So that's why we bring him on the show. Ozzy from Chartwell Strategy joining us here on Brian and Company. Good morning, Ozzy. How are you? Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm well. So you were down in South Carolina, correct? I did. I did go down there this week. I uh, had the opportunity to spend some time with, with Ambassador Haley before her announcement uh, and then uh, flew back in time for some domestic responsibilities here ah. at home, but, but, but was able to catch the, uh, the, the announcement on TV and then the subsequent kind of uh, follow-up in the press and her interview on Hannity last night and some other uh, local papers as well. But uh, it, it was a good rollout. I, I, I got to say, you know, all things considered, I think she had a pretty competent, impactful rollout. And, I, and to your point, you know, we'll see. My my sense is she'll get a bounce from this, uh, from being the first one in. She'll be, you know, she'll kind of ride high for a little while. As others get in the race, the, the waters will certainly get choppy. Uh, and, you know, kind of the strongest swimmers after that point kind of make it to the end. And, and to your point, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'll get into the win for the others, but in general, I mean, do you think this is a another step? And I mean, because she's young, and if we have a president who's eighty, you know, she's got a long runway. Could this possible possibly be some sort of you know profile builder in a next step, as opposed to her truly deeply wanting to be the next president of the United States? Yeah, I think personally for her, I don't think it is a vanity play or a profile build play. I think she she genuinely feels that she has the background and the track record to make an impact uh, on every you know, the everyday lives of Americans. I mean, from from your point, she you know she served as governor. That was a race that nobody gave her shot in. Uh, you know, during her time as governor of South Carolina, she amassed a great domestic track record. She, there was job growth in the state. She cut taxes. She created. Yeah, you know, I think she she likes to reference the line of business call, uh, business magazines calling South Carolina the beast of the east. You know, she pushed through some education reform, which still is very relevant today. If you take a look at what happened in Virginia and other states currently. Uh, you know, as ambassador to the United Nations, she's got that foreign policy credentials check there that, you know, probably tops most of the candidates that will be in the field and matches some, you know, like Pompeo and, and obviously President Trump. Um, but I do think that that she's focusing on just you know her track record and also her electability. I don't think this is a vanity play for her right. to just kind of use it as a as a you know a next step. 
Uh, and look, in, in her own speech as well, I mean, she's calling for competency tests for politicians over the age of 75. So she's making her youth, her relative youth, yeah. you know, and, and her, you know, and in her, her experience, kind of a central point of her, well, her campaign. I would just, I would only modify that. I don't think it's the experience. Per se. I think it's she's using youth and and her being a woman as her primary pushes. Right. I mean, I I think with the I, I mean, I wonder what the meetings were like in the editorial side of writing that launch mm-hmm. video with that line on the heels because the heels line sort of got the most pop and there's no doubt in my mind that that was obviously on purpose and that I'm sure they debated it strongly whether you know when we kick back with heels it hurts more type thing that that was very very conscious move yeah look uh, having never run for office I say this with a little bit of a grain of salt but I think sometimes you, you know the attributes that you own inherently you've got to go with right so the fact that she's a woman and she is young you know, those are attributes she owns that she should maximize to her full potential. I think that the track record that she's built from her experience is also something that will come out on the campaign trail. But, you know, she's got it. She can't negate the fact that she's a woman and she can't negate the fact that she's young. So why not use those towards an advantage and as a differentiating factor as this field grows in the next couple of months? Sure. We're talking about Ozzy Palomo from Chartwell Strategies here on Strategy Singular. I'm Brian and Company in WTIC News Talk 1080. So when is when does everyone else pile in? Like, you know, Trump needed to be first in for a variety of reasons. We won't get into that. Now you have Nikki Haley and there's a whole host of them. Are we going to, is it going to be summertime or will we see something between now and June? Yeah, look, I, I think I think with with Haley getting in, I think it opens the box for others to kind of just jump in as well. Uh, my sense is that the, right now it's a matter of of when, not uh, who gets in. But I think you'll probably see a handful of others in the next couple of months step in as you know they're not going to come in right right behind her because you know again she's going to get a pop from this announcement and being the first one out there um but my sense is that this field will grow to 10 to 12 candidates between now and probably early fall uh you know you made a point earlier about uh who wins this and who knows you know i refer back in 2008 you had polls that showed rudy giuliani mike huckabee leading and then ultimately settling on McCain. In 12, you had Perry, Newt Gingrich, Rick Santorum, and Herman Cain leading in the polls at some point, right. and then Romney had it. In 16, you reference Bush, but people forget, you know, Ben Carson was leading in, in early polls as well. So, you know, it's going to be a long, long run, but I think, you know, it'll be here before you know it. I think that field of 10 to 12 initial candidates that come in between now and the fall whittled down to some probably eight to six by the end of the year, maybe early next year. Yeah, and then, it, you know, I think the goal for someone like Governor Haley is to be able to have that sustainability factor and be there towards the very end where you can paint a very clear distinction between you and whomever's left. Yeah. And one thing I learned in being in New Hampshire as much as I was, money is a huge factor um, and it runs out quickly in these efforts. I, you know, last question. We only have a, about a minute and a half or so. It relates to Donald Trump. You know, I always say write, write him off at, at your own peril. I, I think in some ways it's smart that he's kind of quiet right now, but there's none of the organic growth that we had in 2016, right? So, and, and his family's staying out of it. It's hard to, and the, the, the rallies don't get nearly the attention. And he, in his, so, like, it's hard to gauge what it's going to be like and look like. I mean, within the party, because, you know, Haley definitely paints a contrast. Like, you know, she even said that she said it to Trump. I think it's time to sort of a new generation, time to move on. What is your sense of the, the support more broadly within the Republican Party for someone like Donald Trump? Yeah, look, I think there's still a faction of the, the party base that, that is there with the president, I think, you know, in theory. 
Um, to your point, I think that the rollout from November and then the subsequent actions after that have been lackluster by his own standards. I mean, I think he set the bar very, very high in 16 so to kind of see this kind of fizzle out and really not have much kind of you know speed behind it. Um, I think it's probably disappointing to him, but I think he understands that there's still a core base that supports him. You know, an interesting take on how he's hitting Governor Haley, and there's been a few things written about this as well, is probably a preview of how he plans to hit other candidates. He's coming at them from their right on cultural issues and on social issues, and there's no doubting that. I mean, he has become kind of the culture warrior there. But he's taking an interesting tact and in going to their left when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, almost aligning himself even further left than where President Biden is, you know, to try and lock up that senior support and draw a distinction. So mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of tinkering on campaign strategy that's happening right now in the Trump campaign. But to your point, I don't think it's the same pizzazz that he had back when he was kind of an unknown quantity. I think a lot of people know what you get. Uh, and I think every day that goes by that he's unable to kind of capture more of that base and grow it uh, is an opportunity for other candidates to come in like Governor Haley or Ambassador Haley, excuse me, to be able to say, hey, we're different and it's time for a new generation. Yeah. Ozzy, great stuff. We appreciate it as always. Hopefully we'll be able to check in a bunch in the, in the near future. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Ozzy Palomo from Chartwell Strategy joining us here on Brian and Company. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.